millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Are you heading out today? As you put your mask on, take a moment to think about how many other Filipinos are doing the same. If every single Filipino used a disposable face mask each day for a month, the resulting waste could fill the 55,000 seating capacity of the Philippine arena 55,000 times. When we talk about keeping healthy and staying safe from COVID-19, we don't really think about its impact on the environment, which is understandable. We are talking life and death here, our survival. But let's zoom out a bit. In this special Teka Teka series we are creating with Healthcare Without Harm Southeast Asia, a global movement for environmentally responsible healthcare, we'll talk about the ties between two of our biggest crises today, our health and climate change. I'm Trisha Aquino, Puma Podcast. This series is produced with the support of Internews Earth Journalism Network and Asian Center for Journalism. In August, the IPCC, or the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, released its latest report on the state of our climate. This document is pretty much what leaders all over the world should rely on when making decisions that could impact our climate. And the main finding is something we have already heard before. Humans are the reason for global warming. In technical terms, quote, observed increases in well-mixed greenhouse gas concentrations since around 1750 are unequivocally caused by human activities, end quote. The report adds each of the last four decades has been successively warmer than any decade that preceded it since pre-industrial times. And when we talk about global warming, we usually associate it with the energy sector, transportation, manufacturing, and also agriculture. But as we'll find out in this episode, healthcare is a major driver of climate change as well. If you wanted to rate it as a country, it would come as number five in the world. That's Sonia Roshnik. She's worked in healthcare for the last 30 years, and now she's with Healthcare Without Harm, where she's the International Climate Policy Director. The health sector is also an industry like many others. And when we've calculated the carbon footprint of the health sector around the world, we found that it was 4.4% of global emissions. Let's start with the fact that, unlike other industries, the healthcare sector runs 24-7, which means it consumes energy all the time. Eng Lopez, also from Healthcare Without Harm Southeast Asia. Medyo malabo lang yung recording because we did this interview remotely. But Paeng says the bigger the hospital and the more equipment they have, the higher the demand for energy. Hospitals also have agriculture demands to feed their patients, transportation demands so their personnel can get around, and the products they use eventually become waste too. Now let's focus on waste. When we think about the trash that comes out of hospitals, we usually assume that they're all infectious and therefore cannot be segregated. But that is just not true. 
if there's a glove packaging or gloves or let's say mga syringes so these are not really infectious but then if you put them all at the same uh, container with yung mga bloody ano na mamaya the, all this will be considered as infectious that's sister Arce Sarnilio, the administrator of St. Paul Hospital Iloilo Kaya importante talaga yung sorting at source even in the operating room we provide two containers, one for the dry ones na ano, and one for the ones talaga na ginagamit sa, sa operation. Kasi the infectious waste is just very, siguro 20% would be malaki na yan. In fact, last year when the waste from St. Paul Hospital Iloilo was audited, it was found that 65% of their plastic waste alone was non-medical. Even for medical waste, bottles ng dextrose is not infectious, no? But Paeng raises an important point. The pandemic put these environmental practices on the back burner in hospitals all over the world because all the trash coming from the areas where COVID patients were being managed were lumped into infectious waste. Kahit yung mga food products, no? so kung kumain ako ng Jollibee dahil kinain ko yan doon sa, sa emergency room, so considered infectious waste na yan. So ang mangyari, yung infectious waste production ng hospital, lalaki yan necessarily. It's more expensive to dispose of infectious waste compared to regular waste because the former requires special handling. More infectious waste means shrinking hospital budgets that could have been used for things other than disposal, such as actually caring for COVID patients. Another problem, aside from the cost, is the effect of improper waste disposal on our health. The Clean Air Act of 1999 bans incineration in the Philippines. But Paeng claims... Implementing agencies have found ways to circumvent this. DNR came up with a waste-to-energy guidelines. This is a guideline that says yung ban ng incineration is not absolute and ang pinagbabawal lang niyan ay yung, yung mga polluting technologies, etc., etc. And sa pagsusunog ng basura, nakikreate ng energy. So it also fills the gap doon sa energy requirement ng bansa. But basically, these are incineration technologies in disguise, no? Even if the hospitals themselves uh, want to manage properly yung kanilang mga waste. No? So, sinusunod nila yung mga batas natin, nagsisegregate sila ng waste. They're trying to repurpose what they can. They try to resell yung mga recyclables, etc. Yung mag-hole nung waste nila ay pagsasamasamahin din yun kasi they can send that to an incineration facility anyway. This is even more problematic and a waste of resources or hospitals that actually allot funds for autoclaves. So autoclaves are waste para i-disinfect yung mga certain wastes ng hospitals. Pwede mo na siyang i-treat as regular household waste. So if you think really think about it, yung autoclave kasi yan, high heat yan eh. Parang niluluto mo na yung pathogens or yung mga infections dun sa ano. So patay na lahat ng mga infection. Wala niyan sa mga bahay. So in a way, mas infectious pa yung manang gagaling sa bahay natin, di ba? Kasi sumising nga ka pa din naman sa tissue paper. But back to how incineration impacts our health. Uh, incineration is bad basically because it just transforms solid waste into a gaseous state. No? So kung toxic yung solid waste mo to begin with, when you burn that, you turn it into a toxic gas communities surrounding the facilities would be able to inhale that. And what's more dangerous about it is that when you burn certain waste, you are producing so much more deadlier compounds. 
burning your waste doesn't solve your waste problem. It just transforms it into a health problem. Sister Arce. I always tell them that, you know, if we don't exercise strict waste management, if we are not careful really in disposing our waste, then we will be the first ones to be victimized also. For our own safety, for our own health, and of course for our patients, because we claim that we are a hospital, but if we don't keep our environment clean, so the, the patients, instead of getting better, probably then they get infected. Now, what about the connection between waste from the healthcare sector and climate change? Well, waste itself is a greenhouse gas producer. Yung methane is a more potent greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide. Yung mga nabubulok na bagay yan, once they start decomposing, nagpo-produce sila ng methane. Hospitals ay isa doon sa pinakamalaking producers din ng, ng organic waste. Kasi nga, yung operations ng hospital ay 24-7, unstop yan. Yung waste na napoproduce mo ay nagpo-produce ng greenhouse gases na nagpapalala ng climate crisis. The World Health Organization has said that climate change is the greatest health threat of the 21st century. But at the same time, the healthcare sector itself is a major driver of climate change. In the next few episodes, we'll explore where the opportunity is in this. In a way, very unique yung katayuan ng health profession. Eh. Yan lang yung tanging profession that took an oath to do no harm. So, ibig sabihin, primordial yung promise na yan na hindi kami gagawa ng kahit anong ikasasama ng pasyente. If you expand the meaning of that oath, that should also mean doing no harm to the environment. And in a way, that's what the healthcare sector has been doing. No? So, it's uh, looking at a mirror to see ano yung mga bagay na ginagawa niya na pwede ngayon bawasan or itama no, para makapag-contribute doon sa pag-solve sa problema ng krisis sa klima. I'm Tresha Aquino, Puma Podcast. You've been listening to a special Teka Teka series which is a collaboration with Healthcare Without Harm, Southeast Asia. This episode was edited by Carl Sayat. Follow Teka Teka and Puma Podcast on Spotify or wherever you listen. 